Good morning, church. It is a joy to be with all of you, and as we come before God this morning in our time of worship, we are truly excited to share. Welcome to all of you who are joining us online today. This is Fendleton Center, United Methodist Church, and we are thrilled to be worshiping God with you today. May the peace and grace of the risen Christ be with you. As we come before God today, we have several announcements to share, so there are going to be a few folks who have some things to say. So, Elizabeth, why don't you come first? Now, can you hear me? <laughs> Sounds like a commercial, right? Verizon commercial. Anyway, I'm here to talk to um, everybody about two things. First thing is the journey's end. I want to say thank you for everybody who's donated. We have an abundance of things for this family, which is wonderful. Well, you are here, Louis. Um, but there's still a few things we need, and I wanted to tell you that the woman contacted me this week and said that it looks like we have a home. Um, this week she's hoping to get a home, so next Saturday is the day we're going to plan on moving, cleaning, and setting up the apartment. So I know there's a lot of people in the back who already signed up and signed up on Genius for those online. So thank you. Please make sure I have your phone number so that I can contact you all the information. It'll be Saturday morning, about 8.45, 9 o'clock, and whatever crew you signed up for, however long it will take you to do that. Um, so please check for the last-minute things we need. I would appreciate that. Um, and I do need some young, strong men to help carry all that furniture because right now I have some, no offense, but 55 to 65-year-old men, and they shouldn't really be doing that. So if there's any young, strong, vibrant men, Boy Scouts, your kids, whatever, please um, have them contact me. Second thing I want to talk to you about is next Sunday is a spring ministry fair. It's going to be out in the fellowship hall, and it's a way to meet and greet. We kind of want to get back into where people would hang around and talk and socialize, and it's also to talk about all the different ministries in the church. So for those that are new to the church, you can learn about the different ministries, and for those that are just coming back after COVID, you can socialize, you can find out about things, um, whatever you want to do. It's just a way to get everybody together. There's more about it in the bulletin. Um, and if for no other reason, there will be food and drinks. So that might just bring you in alone. So anyway, hope to see many of you next Saturday for the Journeys End Home and Sunday for the Spring Ministry Fair. Thank you. So if you didn't smell it this morning, the, the uh, Boy Scouts asked me to mention that they are having their pancake breakfast in between services. So uh, please wait till the service is over, but <laughs> head back and have some pancakes. Um, also, 
I, next Sunday is the last day to buy the tickets for the fundraiser for Abby McNett. She is the nine-year-old um, child that goes to our church um, who is fighting cancer. Um, her benefit is on Saturday, May 7th from 12 to 5 uh, at the Rescue Fire Hall in North Tonawanda. There's going to be drinks, food. Um, it should be a fun time for everybody. Tickets are $25, and I have them, so if you'd like to go, just see me. Thank you. Two more things that are covered in the bulletin. One, we are doing a spring collection for Operation Christmas Child. If you'd like more information about that, see the bulletin or see Anna if you want to raise your hand real quick. So, and the other piece is, of course, the rummage sale. If you have items to bring for the rummage sale, that would be this week, next weekend as well. So you want to talk to Naomi about that, or you can call the church office for more information. So with all that before us, let us ready to come to our time of worship and praise. We are talking about a new series as we go through the Easter season. Remember that Easter is a season, not just a day in the church. We go from here until Pentecost, mindful and keeping the resurrection before us. We're going to start a new series called Emerge Today which is about transforming into all that God wants us to be. Transforming into all that God wants us to be. So with that on your heart, let's enter into this time of praying together. I'm going to lead the prayer. There'll be a time of silence, and then there'll be a time of response. So let's open our hearts to the movement and presence of God together. Creator of life, before we were born, you knew us. You shaped us in the most comfortable space forming us inside the warmth of a mother. When we emerged, we saw light, but we curled up into a ball and closed our eyes. But you whispered, do not be afraid. Even as we mature in life and faith, we allow fear to curl us up and to close our eyes. Still you whisper, do not be afraid. Forgive us, for hiding in comfortable places, for ignoring our identities, for blocking out hope, for avoiding transformation. Renew us as your children, born of water and spirit. Coax us out of our comfortable places that we may do the hard, uncomfortable work before us. The one who created us redeems us. Do not be afraid. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Good morning to everyone online. We're going to pull out an old favorite, and I'm certainly glad to see somebody sitting in the congregation today. <laughs> She's going to be happy. We're pulling out Lord of the Dance to continue our Easter celebration, and the song follows the idea of the traditional English carol, Today Shall Be My Dancing Day, which tells the gospel story in the first-person voice of Jesus of Nazareth with a device of portraying Jesus' life and mission as a dance. So I invite you to stand. Today 
God truly does lead us in amazing ways. Our mission moment for this week is Imagine No Malaria. In 2008, the United Methodist Church joined part of a global effort to help fight malaria. Every year, there are 241,000 cases of malaria across the world. Overcoming malaria requires educating communities and health center workers, developing healthcare infrastructure, and making advancements in healthcare communications along with doing net distributions. This is a United Methodist foundation that we started through UMCOR, and we invite you to watch our short video today and consider your offering for this week.
God, we thank you for the gifts that you've given us. We thank you for your leadership and the way that you've shown us to dance and work in this world. Please take our offering of ourselves and our gifts and our talents and help us use it to do your work in, the, in this world. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So we come to a time of joys and concerns this morning. So does anybody have any joys or concerns that you'd like to raise up? Okay, please pray with me. Oh God, our creator and our redeemer, there are so many things going on in this world and sometimes we're just not sure what to make of it. We ask that you watch over our church and our neighborhoods and our communities and our nation. That you be a guiding light, showing your love to the world and allowing us to follow your dance. We ask that you watch over those who are recovering from surgery this week or going into surgery. That you watch out and you cover those who are caring for people who are sick with your love and that they know that we're there for them. We pray for the areas that are torn with war, for those families and those children who are uncertain, for our military and those families. We pray for those who are struggling this week, and aren't sure which way to turn. We ask that you bring your love and your grace through us to each one of them. We know you love us and that sometimes it's hard. It's hard for us to accept that. Help us to be a beacon of light and your love in this world. In your name we pray, amen. morning. Do you think spring's coming? I hope so. The scriptures this morning come from the book of Isaiah, chapter 60, verses 1 through 6, and through the Gospel of John, chapter 21 through 18. I will read Isaiah first. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. 
your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you, the riches of the nations will come. Herds of camels will cover your land, young camels of Midian and Ephah. And all of Sheba will come, bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. And the next from John. Early on, <clears throat> excuse me, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken him, the Lord, out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both of them were running. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They, they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to the Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you join me for a moment of prayer, please? Loving God, we give you thanks for the gift that is this moment and this time give you thanks for this circle of disciples and friends. As we come before you today, we pray that you would move, move as only you can with the power and grace that only you possess. Give each of us what you know we need. Plant in each of us a seed that will grow and bear fruit for the honor and the glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. So, I've found that you can learn a lot about someone by watching movies or TV with them. <laughs> because there's 
a few folks who come at this from a particular way. For example, there are some who don't want any disturbances at all. There are some who have to have all the appropriate snacks. And then there are some who like fast forward buttons. That they really like to be able to skip through the parts that are slow, skip through the parts that are boring, and of course, the commercials. And this fast forward thing actually is really nice feature when you have it, right? Because <laughs> if you're watching something for a second time, you don't have to sit through what you don't want to sit through. And if stuff just isn't your particular taste, a particular type of scene or what have you, you don't have to sit through it. Fast forward is nice when you can bring it to the table. Of course, now we can't always fast forward through things. Sometimes they figured that out and you got to sit through those commercials anyway. <laughs> but fast forward is a nice feature. And if you haven't figured that out, um, that's kind of one of the things I use a little bit. And I can see some smiling faces out there, so I know I'm not alone. But this thing about the fast forward button, wouldn't it be nice if we could fast forward that through certain things in life? <laughs> Where you could just sort of skip a particular scene if you wanted to. <laughs> you didn't have to go through particular parts. Be a nice feature, but we all know that the world doesn't actually work like that. And because the world doesn't actually work like that, we got to deal with some harder pieces. And that is where we need to spend a little time today. Because sometimes our heads get so caught up in the wishing that this hadn't happened that we forget what happens to us because this particular chapter in life happens. And that's what this series is about. This series on transformation, it's called Emerge, and the subtitle is Transforming into All God Wants Us to Be, because this is intentional work on God's part. When we consider that God hopes for us, that God is at work on us, that there is more for us, this is an exciting thing. The problem is, is that sometimes that transformation happens on the other side of some really hard stuff. And because of that, we tend to push back. We tend to not want to deal with it, or it can mess with our relationship with God. And that's what we want to press through over these next few weeks. So if you look at your bulletin, what you'll see is that the symbol of this is butterfly which is an appropriate symbol for this time of year. Butterfly has often been associated with the idea of resurrection and transformation. But the butterfly thing is a little hard to digest because I wonder sometimes if caterpillars got the whole story, right? Now, scientifically, we know that caterpillars actually are born knowing this is the process because they have certain cells in them that would turn into their wings, etc., even as they're first born. But if you went up to a young caterpillar, I, those of you who are parents and those of you who love a young person, I want you to imagine that you got to go up to a teenager and tell them the following. I got great news for you. You're going to turn into a butterfly. <laughs> well, that sounds awesome. <laughs> I've seen butterflies flying around. That's kind of cool. <laughs> but here's the thing. You got to go through this transformation. 
Okay, well, that doesn't sound so bad. But here's what's going to happen. You're going to have to crawl into this little tube that you kind of vomit up yourself. <laughs> mm, okay. And while you're inside of it, essentially, you're going to turn into this little puddle of goop. <laughs> what? <laughs> Well, you got to transform, so you kind of, <laughs> this is how the change happens. But I got to turn into like a little soup of myself? <laughs> well, yeah, that's kind of the way it works. Stuff kind of resets, and then you come out on the other side, you'll be a butterfly. That's gross, man. <laughs> well, yeah, when you break it down like that, of course it's gross. But remember, on the other side, you'll be a butterfly. Can I think about it first? Because <laughs> you can see how this would go, right? Now, it sounds kind of silly when we talk about it from the caterpillar thing, and most of us like the butterfly part. But that's where that fast forward kicks in. You follow? <laughs> because if we could skip ahead to the butterfly part without the caterpillar soup part, most folk would love the idea. But that's not how life works. Because I want you to imagine that God comes to you and says, on the other side of this thing, you're going to be a butterfly. But here's the thing. See, and then we kind of get the message now, right? <laughs> because that's how our life ends up working. Now, I want to be clear about a couple of things. Because I don't believe in a God that is cruel or mean-spirited. And sometimes folks will try and give you that sort of theological bumper sticker that makes you think that God will just put these hard things in your life just so that you turn into a butterfly. I think it's more complicated than that. I won't say it never happens that way because that's scriptural. But it's a little more complicated than that. And we want to be real careful about the character that we paint God. Because I don't think God is bully and I don't think God is cruel. But... Bad stuff does happen, and we're not going to pretend that God doesn't understand that. That said, what does all this really mean for us? And that's why we got to spend a little time in our scriptures today. Because Pastor Kathy talked about this a little bit last week on Easter Sunday, and she talked about Mary's journey. And when you look at the story of Mary Magdalene, one of the things you will see is this idea of how this emerged thing really works. And so we look at Mary Magdalene, and I'm one of the people who believes that she was a disciple in her own right. She may not have been listed with the other 12, but she was one that was with Jesus. She stayed with Jesus. She learned from Jesus. And if you follow popular culture after the Bible, what you see is there's a story about her being an evangelist on her own. And so I tend to believe that Mary is a person who operates in power and is a person who is, in a, as I said, an apostle in her own right. We know Mary to be the actual first apostle. We'll talk about that in a second. That said, let's go to the story. Because what we know about Mary is Mary is part of this whole big thing that happens on Thursday. So we got this holiday celebration 
Jesus and the people who love Jesus and are closest to him are there celebrating Passover. And everything is great. Everything's at the high point. Everybody's having this grand time, but then Jesus changes the mood because Jesus knows what's coming. And then after Jesus sort of sets that table, then things really do start to move because he's arrested. One of the things we know that happens is that as this story unfolds, Jesus is arrested, he's tried, he's beaten, he's brutalized, he's scourged, and then he's crucified. But all of the gospel accounts make sure we understand that one of the people that was there with him during the crucifixion was Mary. So she's seen this. Now I want you to walk through this with her. We go from the high point of the dinner. Now we don't have detail about how much of everything else she saw, but like everyone else who followed Jesus, what we have happen here is you see this person you love, this person you staked your life on, this person whom you are helping support because you believe in what he's doing that much. And you go from the high point of this dinner to seeing him brutalized, paraded through the street, paraded through the street in such a way that he is so beaten that he can't finish carrying the cross through the street and they have to get help for him. He goes to the hill. You're there when you hear him scream out as the nails are driven through his joints and he's lifted up onto that pole. And you watch him as he dies. You hear what everybody else around him is screaming and yelling at him. And then you literally watch him die. You see the spear driven into his side. And you know he's dead. You watch his mother cry. You watch other friends come bury him and hurry to get him into a tomb because you know that the Sabbath is about to begin. All of this is what Mary has witnessed. This is traumatizing stuff. This is depressing stuff. This is awful for any human heart to bear. But this is where she's at. And so we get to Sunday morning. The Gospels all tell us that she is there. She's the one constant. There's different details, but she's the one constant. She's there. Now, you show up to presumably finish this burial ritual. You get there, and you find the grave desecrated. Because the stone is open, and Jesus is gone. So from your earthly point of view, that looks like desecration. That looks like grave robbing. So she panics. She runs off to get the others. They show up and don't have any answers either. Yeah, he's not here. Now I want you to freeze right there. Okay, because this is a hard time. If you think through what this woman's been through over these past few hours, how traumatizing this event is, how hard this time must be, just where her heart must be, where her mind must be, 
after all of this. Because remember, Peter and John leave. And what we have in the account is that she's there by herself crying. When you think of your own story, when you think of the own times in your life where life has been that kind of cruel to you, where life has been that kind of challenging for you, where things have been that bleak and you've had that kind of lack of hope, you've had that sense of, God, I just have no idea what is happening right now. We can relate. Because our stories are not the same but we can find ourselves in this story. And that's when the God thing happens. Because then Mary receives the message from the visitors. In Luke's account, we get that famous sentence, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Here they simply ask, who are you looking for? And then she turns around. She sees someone, and she's still trying to figure it all out. Then, because of this conversation and because of who he is, Jesus reveals himself to her, and her world changes instantly. See, this is what we mean by what it takes for God to bring us out of one of those dark places. What it means for God to bring us out of one of those pits. How God can move in such unexpected ways. Because remember, the thing about Mary's story, the piece that we want to make sure we never forget, is Mary did not go there Sunday morning expecting resurrection. She was not expecting resurrection. She was expecting Jesus to be there. Hence, why she reacted the way she does. But God moves differently. God thinks differently. God can do what we don't expect, understand, and can't foresee. And that's why when we're in one of these places, God's response to us, God's ability to move in spite of us, can often go places we don't see. But that's the key to the message, guys. Is that if we get caught into this thinking the way, this is how the world looks, this is how I understand it, and now I am defeated, now I am hopeless, now I am lost in the valley. But what about a God that moves in ways that you don't see coming? See, friends, that's what it means to be people of resurrection. I want you to hear that again. That's what it means to be a person of the resurrection. Because when you think in earthly ways and death has had its moment and you think, wow, this is all there is. What's supposed to happen next? This has to be the low point. This has to be all. But what about a God that moves in a way that is bigger and more powerful than you can conceive? Because if you are a person of resurrection, you realize that the way we look at the world doesn't limit our God's ability to respond to our world. 
If you think death wins, then you've missed it. You've fundamentally misunderstood. If you think sin wins, you've missed it. You've fundamentally misunderstood. Because Jesus knows exactly what he's doing. And he said he was going to do exactly what happened. By giving himself, he conquered sin. By raising up, he conquered death. And so there is no earthly problem that is bigger than your God. Hear that again. There is no earthly problem that is bigger than your God. And if you think there is one, you have misunderstood your God. That's what it means to be a person of resurrection. Because when these places hit us, when our lives take us through these moments, when we endure these seasons, yeah, they're hard. They're real. This ain't no fairy tale, guys. We all have been through stuff. And we know that we weren't faking it. And we know that it didn't feel good. And we know that it took a real toll on us. But if you check around, I'm willing to bet you're still here. Which means that season ended. And as a person of resurrection, you can testify to a God that is bigger than your problem. That's why when new seasons hit, or if you're in a season now, don't let that sense that you can't come out of that valley win. That's what it means to emerge. That's what it means to be a person of resurrection. So, if you are going to live as a person of resurrection, one who understands that the earth And the earthly ways don't win, but God's ways do win. That God overcomes, that God breaks the power of sin and death. And you do not have to stay bound by what your eyes tell you. Hear these words from Isaiah again. Because it's hard for them to sink in and have us really realize that this is about us. Now, in text and in context, this reading is about the city of Jerusalem. That the prophet is talking about how the nation of Israel will be a light to new nations. But remember why. They're coming back from their period of exile. And the city of Jerusalem is going to be a beacon. It's going to be an example of what God can do. Of what God can do. And the same is true for you. Having come out of your valley, having emerged from your problem, having emerged from that season, you are a walking testament to what God can do. So, this is your story too. Arise, shine, your light has come. The Lord's glory has shone upon you. Though darkness covers the earth and gloom the nation. The Lord will shine upon you. God's glory will appear over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to your dawning radiance. Lift up your eyes and look all around. They are all gathered. They have come to you. Your sons will come from far away. 
your daughters on caregivers' hips. Then you will see and be radiant. Your heart will tremble and open wide because the sea's abundance will be turned over to you. The nation's wealth will come to you. Countless camels will cover your land. Young camels from Midian and Ephah. They will all come from Sheba, carrying gold and incense, proclaiming the Lord's praises. Your story is a story of victory. Your story is a story of power. Your story is a story of a God who is bigger than the problems and the situations of this world. And when you remember that, when you walk in that, you have truly emerged. New seasons may come, but the story and your God doesn't change. Live as a person of resurrection, not as a person of death. Amen? And amen. There's a prayer that is part of this series. We'll probably use it more than once. It's a very simple prayer. And there's periods of silence in it. So I want you to receive that. You'll hear me say certain things and then there'll be periods of silence. Just let the Spirit move in you however the Spirit is moving. Or offer in your own silent prayer whatever you feel you, com- you are compelled to give to God. But let's pray together. Gracious and loving God, help us to understand what it means to live in this resurrection victory. Help us to not surrender our hope. But help us to remember that you are one who has the power to transform all of our mess into victory. And it's not because we are special. It's because you are who you are. And you do what only you can do. So gracious and loving God, form me. Hold me. Open me. Unfold me. Unfurl me. Untether me. Uncurl me. Uncrease me. Release me. Amen. So now let us ready our hearts as we come to the Lord's table and receive God's great gift to us. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God. It is right. 
and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and brought us into a land flowing with milk and honey, and set before us the way of life. And so, with your people on earth, and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. By your great mercy, we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of your Son from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Once we were no people, but now we are your people, declaring your wonderful deeds in Christ, who called us out of darkness into marvelous light. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and your Holy Spirit. And on the night in which he gave himself up for us, Jesus took bread. He gave thanks to you. He broke the bread. And he gave it to his disciples. And he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to you. And he gave it to his disciples. And he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood. Sign of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Every time that you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. On the day you raised him from the dead, Jesus was recognized by his disciples in the breaking of the bread and in the power of your Holy Spirit. Your church has continued in the breaking of the bread and the sharing of the cup. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other and one in ministry to all the world. Until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit and in your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. 
And now let us pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Those who are serving this morning, please come forward. table is set and the Lord calls. Let the Spirit move in you to come and receive God's gift to you. We ask that you receive this as a gift because it is indeed what Jesus has done for you, not something we do ourselves or something we have to earn. The table in the United Methodist Church is truly open. You don't need to be a member. You don't need to be baptized. There are no rules. All are welcome at the Lord's table. We ask that you come down the, the center aisle receive the elements from one of the servers, and then exit by the sides. We use a method called intinction in which a server will break off a piece of bread for you, 
receive that piece of bread, move to the cup, dip it in the cup, and then receive both elements together. If you would prefer to receive prepackaged elements, you are able to do so. There's a gluten-free station on this side of the sanctuary. Please come as the Lord calls.
Two very powerful commanding words in that scripture, arise and shine. And we have a newer song to share with you that we have the opportunity to sing as resurrection people. The chorus says, you called my name and I ran out of that grave, out of the darkness into your glorious day. So I invite you to stand if you're able as we sing glorious day.
shine, for your light has come. Dark seasons end. Live as people of resurrection, not as people of death. Because that is who your God is. He has already shown you. Now in the name of God, our creator and king, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our savior, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, our sustainer and our comforter. May God bless us now as we leave to love and serve God and all God's children. Amen.